Hello you seekers, explorers and renegades out there, welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. Do you ever notice after you've uh, tidied up and cleaned that you feel a sense of relief, you sense feel lighter uh, within yourself? Or perhaps when you've uh, redecorated or perhaps moved furniture around that you felt feel a sense of renewal? These aren't coincidences because the outside in terms of what you live within is going to be reflected on the inside. So the energetic flow in our external environment is the foundation for the ancient Chinese uh, concept of Feng Shui. Of course, in the uh, process of uh, our business-oriented uh, podcast episodes that we uh, are producing at the moment, we are going to look at this from a perspective of your work environment, whether that being your home office or the offices in the company that you work for. So today we have Claire Bosk with us, who's going to talk to us about Business Shui, which is her methodology for approaching or addressing Feng Shui within the workplace or in your home office. Our intention today is for you to come out of this discussion looking around you with new eyes and perhaps starting to understand the flow of energy around you as in the external environment that you live in and work in, of course. The Bishui method helps create better flow in home, office and workspaces by integrating a, a, a blend of proven traditional Feng Shui principles with modern business and personal needs, reducing physical and emotional stresses to increase productivity, loyalty, and profitability. So those are Claire's own words. Now, Claire, if you wouldn't mind, I am so interested to hear what this is all about. Thank you very much. Thank you. And hello, everybody. It's lovely to be here with you today from all over the world by the looks of it, <laughs> which is fabulous. So, yeah, so, you know, Christopher, I've been um, I've been doing customer experience for over uh, 13, 14 years. Well, probably more than that, if I count all my hospitality kind of um, background, <laughs> but um, the properly I've had my own business for 13 years and it started with mystery shopping. Then I've done a lot more on the customer experience and on the employee experience. And really when the pandemic hit us, it was a time of reevaluating and actually realizing that there was a, a gap missing in both the employee and the customer experience, when suddenly we all had to go and work from home, when suddenly we all had to hit a side of a bed or find a corner in a kitchen. And really, it wasn't great, really. And people have started realizing that our physical environment had an effect on, on us, our, our physical state of being. Um, and um, I had been hiding for over a decade that I was a, I am a feng shui practitioner, um, and I don't never really wanted. To, I've never what brought it into a business environment because I always thought people would think I've gone all woo woo kind of things, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was one of those, you know. And suddenly I just thought, well, you know what? If now isn't the time to be able to help people with creating better environments so it supports them and their energy um well i may as well just pack my bags and go and do something totally different right 
<laughs> and that's kind of how Bishiri came. So from really the outcome being delivering great customer experience by making the employees feel good by really creating an environment who supports them using those feng shui techniques and using all those, a more holistic approach to a more traditional um, customer experience kind of a, a way of doing things. Well, there, there, there are always so many things that hold, hold, hold us back from stepping into that authenticity, right? Uh, you know, fear of judgment. I, I had exactly the same things with uh, with my practice. Uh, you know, is, are people? Am I now suddenly going to be considered this weirdo? Or <laughs> among, right. my, among all the people that you know you're connected with? And um, I mean, from my perspective, I it was just a matter of saying, you know what. It doesn't matter as long as I'm being authentic to myself. Uh, if people want to leave uh, my sphere of network, as it were, then I'm sure that will open up uh, spaces for other people to come in. Um, so, it is, but it is something that we come up against, isn't it? Um, when when we are uh, transitioning like that. Yeah, I think so, and I think the, the realization that I was I was doing a, a miss miss um i was missing well how do you call it what's the word sorry french and so i'm kind of trying to find my word but uh, a miss service to mm -hmm. the people around me by actually not really sharing that insight that i had was the day you know i really kind of got a pock in the head thinking right come on claire just get on and do it it's time for you to really step into it for sure that's funny i was started just started doing a quest on uh, mind valley called uh, uh, course pro and that exact same thing they were talking about today uh, that uh, you know if you don't show up and share your gifts and all that you have to offer humanity then you you're really not you 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 kind of doing a disservice to uh, humanity and those people that would show up and be helped by you right mm, so it is almost like a responsibility that we have to show up and at least let those people that are supposed to experience what we have to uh, share mm. uh, do so right and I think as soon as you do that as well, the flow energy changes because you're suddenly you're on the right path as well. So mm -hmm. suddenly it kind of feels good for yourself. So, you know, you, you're really feeling that you're really helping. People are attracted to you because, you know, you're doing the right thing. You know, you're being authentic. And so it really kind of it makes sense that you're totally kind of going with that flow energy and really being in that flow that's that's what it's all about at the end of the day feng shui it's all about flow it's all about alignment uh, and when you align your own energy with your business energy that's when things go to the right directions for sure so if you don't mind i'd like to go back a little bit further uh, so you you're french you grew up in uh, southern oui. france right oui. Oui. <laughs> uh, so Cote d'Azur. if i oui, understand, oui. understand it correctly it's not not a bad place in the world to be yeah. Um, and now you're in Jersey, but you're soon to become an expert in Dubai, right? Right. Yeah. So 
I'm having my fourth big momentum of my life. <laughs> I'm, I'm going through my midlife crisis and suddenly realize that let's let's just do a bit of a change. I needed a bit of change of it, shifting that energy even more. Um, I've been on the island Jersey for 22 years. So it's a small island. It's nine miles by five miles. There's 100,000 people on the island. And so, you know, and I've got two children, which are now 20 and 24. Um, and they're very happy. They're very settled. They've got their jobs and all that kind of things. And I'm suddenly thinking, I've just blew my 49th candle. I'm going to have to go and do something for a change. <laughs> so I've decided to go and I've decided to really kind of take take a, a leap of faith and, and, and go and change. I was in Dubai um, in December. Mm-hmm. And um, interestingly enough, Dubai, after starting doing research about the, the, the country and the area and the city, of course, um, it's interesting because Dubai was built with uh, a feng shui master came and helped the, uh, the architect building, you know, Dubai, which is really interesting. And, and hence why when I was there, the energy felt really uh, electrifying, you know, it felt like I put my fingers in the plug and I just recharged of two years of pandemic. <laughs> it was just amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and they do have a, a ministry of happiness in Dubai as well, don't they? Right. Isn't it just so cool? I mean, when you have a country who's taking seriously people's happiness <laughs> to actually create a minister for it, I mean, it's got to be it's got to be right. Where it's yeah, got to be well, right. heading in the right direction, if nothing else, right? Definitely. <laughs> so, so uh, flowing back a little bit here, your discover. So, growing up is. Is you know energy is and uh, kind of those practices do they play any part in your life at an early stage of your life or? So interestingly enough, and I was having a conversation with my mother. I, I believe she has some some a gift as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a as a little girl, as she grew up, she was very she was suppressed. Right. Because my mother at those time, you probably talk about energy and they probably put you in a fire, especially in France, and they burn you to death, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's get the exorcist out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and so, uh, but I know that she had, and I believe she'd she done the same to me. So I remember a conversation with her, a massive argument we had when I was 15, where I, I was talking about, you know, something, some dreams that I had and some things that I was feeling and she totally killed the conversation and totally told me that I was going to get burnt as well <laughs> if I continue talking about this mm-hmm. um, and could totally suppress that. So when I really kind of discovered Feng Shui then probably about um, 12 years ago now, um, it was very carefully that I started reading about it and I started understanding it and I started doing it and I started really kind of getting into it very slowly until I really kind of felt this is what I'm, I really love that. This is so this is so amazing. I really want to do that more and more. So, and So you were sh- very much like me, shut down for a good, well, in your case, 30 years. Mm. Um, 
in terms of your connection with your energetic body, that is. Uh, yeah. So you, you're shut off, close to yourself off from that because it's dangerous. And it's, I suppose it's the same way that, you know, we, we close ourselves off for, from our mental, emotional bodies uh, because we're told that, you know, stop crying, don't be so sensitive, uh, you know, mm -hmm. pucker up, stiff upper lip and all that good stuff. Um that we we shut down our connection with these different aspects of ourselves, right? Mm, totally, absolutely. But it is just by allowing, and if you have shut that down, sometimes just allowing gradually to reawaken is a good thing. Uh, or you do like me, and you <laughs> just have a massive awakening, and you know, veil is ripped off for, uh, your face as war. Um, so tell me a little bit about that experience, Claire. How, you know, what was it that draw, drew you to Feng Shui? And what kind of, how did this reawaken within you? How did you get the courage, gain the courage to uh, kind of uh, unblock yourself, as it were? Yeah, I guess, it, I mean, I'd, uh, somebody, I had somebody in Jersey, which uh, I, I was picking up, but it was a celebrity who came for dinner and I was traveling her around and we were talking about different things about energy and, and she mentioned Feng Shui and I thought, oh, that seems exciting. If she does it, okay, you know, I really want to know more about this. <laughs> and so um, I started, you know, getting a few books and the books I got, I really kind of didn't, get attracted by it and then I picked one up and then I was it it was kind of a, a total kind of wow this is so cool and I started like you do when you start feng shui you start changing the whole house <laughs> you're changing you're adding colors everywhere you're buying all the Chinese things that you can find and suddenly it's a Chinese shop in your home <laughs> Um, so I did that for, for a few weeks by myself. Um, and then, uh, interestingly enough, this, this lady had a mastermind group, so I, I continued following her, and she'd invited uh, the, the Vina Mikhail, which is, which become my coach, uh, my Feng Shui coach. Um, and then we kind of worked together for probably about seven or eight years together on, on, on developing, you know, the Feng Shui, but also the other part of it. But still, we were talking about it in terms of me bringing it to the business, but I still had a nut, you know, she was encouraging me. I knew what I wanted to do, but I still hadn't quite. I was hiding it under environment psychology, which is, you know, really what it is in, in a corporate words. That means that, you know, it sounds good, environment psychology. Um, and then during the pandemic, um, I was in a mastermind group again, and it was a lady who was doing intuition. And she picked on me. I mean, there must have been about 15 people on that group. And, and she picked on me straight away as she arrived. She said, oh, Claire, Claire, I'd like to say something to you if that's okay. And I'm, I just went, okay. <laughs> okay. And um, and she said, you know, things aren't going right for you because you're not on the right path. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I'm like, hmm, okay. And she said, you know, I don't know what it is, but it's something to do with energy. It's something that you've learned for a long time, but you just need to do it because people need you and they need what you do. And so that was kind of my, 
my puck on the head, <laughs> another puck on the head. And this time I listened to it. Um, and this time I kind of did something about it. So it was uh, it was another kind of um, another. Yeah, another puck on the head to say, come on, Claire, get on, get on. You know, we need you uh, to do I, what I you're I would say to that's do. a kick up your backside. Uh, oh, yes, that's uh, yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that and I held on to it. but. <laughs> So you you basically have a um, uh, so, someone uh, you know the guides are trying to tell you through this whole right. process they you know it feels good and blah 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 and and you know something you should do and you're like no I can't I don't I don't dare I don't dare and then you have to have someone come to you and say you need to do this because it's not working out for you <laughs> right <laughs> it's exactly how it was definitely definitely how it was so yeah and so from that down that's what we need right yeah. and this this was it it really made me realize that there is a, that gap into what we're doing about the customer experience so how you feel when you're in an environment when you go in a shop or in a restaurant or you know you sit down and or even you walk through the door and you just go oh you don't know why, but you don't. It doesn't feel right, right? You you just don't like it. So you're gonna buy whatever you need to buy, and you're gonna go, or you're not even gonna go in it. And so the customer experience needs to feel right. But then you've got your employees in there who works in your workplace for hours and hours during the day, and if that environment is unright, you know it yourself. You know if you've got if you're working somewhere and it smells and it's dark and it's grey. You're not going to perform, are you? You're not going to feel good and, you know, be able to be nice and friendly and smiley and all that kind of things with people. All you want to do is get out of there. So, you know, that kind of missing gap between the employee experience, the customer experience, our own state of being and how we realize, you know, what's what's around us is that outer energy affect our inner energy. And that's when you start shifting one, you'll shift the others. Yeah. So. Before we start going to some questions here, we're starting to get some questions in the chat. Uh, I wanted to dive a little deeper there, Claire, and understand, you know, when you do this work, are you connecting energetic? Are you seeing the flow energetically or do you know from your practitioner training that, oh, I the desk needs to be facing the door and so forth and we need to have these colors because they promote this type of energy or do you tap into the energy and you just feel the flow of the room what what comes first so there's a bit of both obviously there's feng shui there's a there's a principle behind there there's some principles behind mm -hmm. it which are really natural principles you know we all know it the she the energy you know we're all understanding it well or some don't understand it but you know it's there the good energy or the bad energy, the high energy or the low energy. So you feel that in an environment. Then you've got the yin and yang, of course, which are, you know, your yang energy, which is the doing, the actions, you know, the firing moments. And then you've got the yin energy, which is the, the calm, the space, the dream, the emotions, the subconscious. So in all our spaces, we need to kind of harmonize that and have a bit more yang in certain places and have a bit more yin in certain places. So again, you, you'll feel that. 
Um, and then there's another, there's, there's another, there's, there are a few others, but five elements of nature is what you do as well. So Feng Shui is all about bringing nature from the outside inside. So you think about it, water feeds wood, wood feeds fire, fire feeds earth, earth feeds metal, and metal feeds water. So when you see you've got that beautiful creative element, a natural element together when you're in nature, and that's what you need to bring to have create a harmony within your environment, you need to have some of those five elements in any of your rooms. So perhaps, you know, you may have uh, some people, we've seen some, some bedroom all painted in red. Well, I mean, there's just way too much fire element for the bedroom. The bedroom is a boudoir, it's your time to sleep and to rest. You want a lot more yin energies. You know, you want more of that grounding energy, the, the, the earth element. So you need to have some colors which are a lot more pastel and humankind kind of colors. And so really depending on those, the principles then we would, you know, then we're through virtually now, of course, that we've done that virtually. We go through the, the office or the, the home and look at each of the areas. So there's the nine, the bagua. So I don't know if you've heard about the bagua. The bagua is our nine areas of our life. So when you're looking at an office or a home, we will utilize the bagua and utilizing each of the room and each of the areas to activate you know whether you want more in your career area where you whether you more want more prosperity or more love you know there's the areas of your life each step of that so before we do a consultation we'll probably do you know the wheel of life mm-hmm. It's very common. Everybody knows that. And there's different ways of doing it. Obviously, I've got my own, which represents the, the nine areas of the Bagua. So by create by doing this, you know, I can understand where they are this moment in time in those nine areas. And then when we're looking around, you can understand why there's a block somewhere. Why I had a client and she was a single lady. She just wanted to find the love of a life and she just she was desperate to have somebody in her life well all over her corridor she had single ladies single friends together a single woman on a mental piece a single woman um holding a flower everything was about a single woman and i'm like look this is you know this is very it's all about perception and it's all about you know those kind of what does it represent to you she had a painting on the wall and there was like, oh, that's a nice painting, actually, a nice woman and, and man and woman, quite complicit. You know, they were kind of a little bit behind a door kind of things. And I said, oh, what? Tell me more about this painting. What does that represent? I'm not sure that painting is in the right place, but tell me what it is. She says, um, well, it's actually it's a man and a woman. They're having an affair. So they're hiding behind a door. <laughs> So she had single ladies everywhere and then she had a massive painting with, with a couple having an affair. And I'm like, is that really what you want to in your life? <laughs> Talking about sending out energy. Uh, Claire, <laughs> so before we, you continue, uh, can you repeat, I think it was water, wood, fire, air, metal, right? 
So water, wood. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. Earth. Earth. And metal. And of course, all those elements have different uh, characteristic. So mm -hmm. they bring a different uh, energy to each, you know, each part. So the water, it's, it's all about the emotional side of it, but it's also prosperity. You see why there's fish tanks in the entrance of each, you know, Chinese restaurants. Well, because it's prosperity. You bring, you know, you've got to have some water in the entrance of your of your home. So that's a good way. Uh, wood, it's all about expansion and growth. So, you know, you want that kind of element where you've got nice wooden plants growing. I'm not too false in fake plants because they don't grow. You know, if you have a business and you want plant things to grow and expand. Um, however, there's a, there's, um, a theory that actually your body doesn't see or your unless you feel it, your body doesn't know whether it's a, it's a, it's a fake plant or not. So as long as the plant, even if it's fake, is clean and is fresh and is looking green and it's not pale and full of dust and full of cobwebs... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it. You could use, you know, uh, the the kind of faker trees, but of course, remember that nature and that you want that fresh kind of nature. And of course, wood and tree and plants, it's good for your for breathing and for cleaning the energy around you. So it's always good to have some wood as well. Um, fire energy, of course, fire is fire right but we've always got a yin and yang into it so fire yes you could have the fires that poor france been having you know every summer they have fires everywhere but you've got the yin energy of the fire which is a beautiful candle the flick of a little candle isn't it just magical you look at it and it's so calm and it's so peaceful and mesmerizing so within all of them, you've always got also a yin and yang. So I'm sorry, it's becoming quite complicated, all that. <laughs> but they're all very much, um, they help each other. So that's kind of, they follow each other and help each other. Or they cut each other. So for example, if you have maybe too much fire in a place, you could cut it down by... Either you could put some water on it. The water would stop the fire, right? So that's one way that you can reduce certain elements if there's too much in the room or not enough of the other. Well, so it's uh, like in Ayurvedic uh, medicine, for example, they talk about kapha, vata, and pita energies. So pita is very much energy, is uh, fire and uh, kind of... Uh, action right whereas uh, kappa is more that calm sedate uh, uh, resting energy whereas uh, 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 what's the other one uh, vata is more air and up and you know more kind of uh, uh, visionary if you like but it's okay. more connected to air so I, I see the connections there yes they would be yeah and in very different countries, you know, they have a, a kind of different version of it. Hawaiians, they've got their own different version of, of energy and talking about she, same in Egypt, same in India. You know, so you kind of relate to the same. And really, the, the, the relationships between are very, the resemblance are very, very similar. And it's only the perception of it which makes a difference.
Right. No, exactly. Uh, let's see. Melissa. <laughs> uh, is it possible for, for you to like question yourself and kind of work through it on your own? Um, oh, yes. Discover what your purpose is. I mean, that's what we are being taught all the time. So I'm waiting for someone to tell me kind of like, don't do that. Do something else. Yes, but sometimes um, actually uh, it's about fi finding your own bishui. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I've done some work on on with a couple of uh, of clients which actually wanted to start their own business, and we were we we did a bit of that that work because it's all inside you, Milika. And and you know it, it's it's all inside us, and sometimes we just don't listen to what comes out. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 this time, you know, I've had to have three people to tell me that that's what I should be doing before I done it. Um, and but I knew deep inside what I had to do. Um, so sometimes it's really about kind of taking the time to. To, to, to just to go deep inside Milika and listen to what comes up um do exercises like what do I love what don't I love what's my favorite movies what's the, the things that you really kind of you're really attracted to it you feel really comfortable in doing so there's quite a few exercises that you can be doing to really kind of get that purpose right. out of you uh, I have a question. We, I was just on another call previously that kind of brought into my mind that it's like, you know, it doesn't matter what our qualities are. And I mean, we need to like realize where our station in life is. I know we have limiting beliefs, but then there is that social limitations where, you know, you're in a position where there's a pecking order, like in a company, or there's like waiting to become a king or a queen, you know? I mean, look at look at the queen, you know, she's on, she's ruling forever. And, and are we like not only bound by our own limiting beliefs, but also by social, you know, climbing well, we're, ladder? We're pro or, programmed know? by social limiting beliefs and they become our limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. So it's it's the social structure is there to, you know, and it, it all depends on how you perceive it. And if if someone is comfortable being within the parameters and the the framework of society, uh, in terms of uh, how you know how you live your life within those structures, then by all means. But if you feel that it's not working for you, then break out of it because it's. Right, but you know, I mean that's like a fighting club, you know. You gotta like you're gonna you're gonna come out rough if you you know you gotta be prepared for that fight. Oh, you well, feel calm I don't necessarily and boldness and yeah. I mean, yes, I have, at least for me, it's been a, a a fight, but that's only because I've been resisting it. And like Claire was saying, you know, she had to be told three times before she kind of broke out of right. her right so yeah that in my experience there is oftentimes that resistance and blockage and it is that energy you you have because you have all of that those past experiences that are blocking uh, energy flowing through your your energy body so it is going to be 
be a struggle until you can release those blocks and you can flow into to where you want to be and it's it's oftentimes it's all about acceptance it's accepting your journey for what it is um like you guys have heard me say many times before you know life there is pain is inevitable in life you know love can be painful right so pain is there, but we it's our perception of that pain that causes the suffering. So as we go through, as it doesn't have to be a fight if we accept the journey for what it is. Right? And just kind of like rely on our own strength, you know, because not to block them, not to like... Say, yeah, like, and, like, and just, like, you know, uh, accept that, or rather if if you take... Uh, uh, courageous action towards what you desire, what you what feels good for you. Like uh, Claire was saying before, you know what feels good for you. If you take uh, decisive and uh, in uh, action with intent towards that, and then accept the consequences, because every time we take action, there is an equal or greater reaction. And sometimes that reaction is uh, fantastic. If you're trying to break out of a mold, it's going to be somewhat uh, uh, contradictory, as it were. <laughs> uh, so it's it's just being in full acceptance of what that journey entails. Wouldn't you say, Claire? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, following your gut feeling. You know, we talk about gut feeling, but it's it's kind of your calling inside. You know, you you know if it feels right or not. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. You know, and that's kind of a, you know, without being attached to the outcome, go with the flow. Mm -hmm. When the flow is right, it, 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 you that means you're on the right path. And uh, as far as a book to read on starting to discover uh, and a methodology is Ikigai. Uh, which is the uh, Japanese uh, concept where you essentially you sit down and you figure out what you're good at, what you like doing, what you can make money at, and what people need. Mm. Once you can figure out if you can put that into equilibrium, then you have your sweet spot. Then that's Ikigai. That's, your, that's what your purpose is. Uh, so, yeah, like Claire was saying, you, you see, look around yourself and understand what is it that you resonate with what is it what type of energy do you are you drawn to or is drawn to you what kind of people are you surrounding yourself with um and then of course you have to look inside yourself and say okay uh, if if my energy is being blocked or i have resistance then i'm my frequency is also going to be it's like uh claire will talk to us in a bit about you know you have energy flowing through your home you have energy flowing through your body and if your frequency and your vibration is at a certain level if it's low for example you're going to attract energy that matches that so that's why i always say it's our personal responsibility to always seek to uh, be the optimal version of ourselves and uh, find uh, you know a path where we can raise our frequency raise our vibration and clear our energy blockages because then we're going to attract uh, whatever resonates with our authenticity at that point yeah 
I I can see that. I mean, I guess like Charles can just go and say, okay, I want to be a king. You know, <laughs> even though he maybe maybe he's like a weak person and doesn't want to fight the queen or <laughs> kind of thing. I guess you have to be you have to believe that in yourself to to go and challenge. Um, but if you're quiet and don't do it, then you're you're suffering. Like you're limiting yourself. So, well, it depends what what type of personality you are. But show up as a role model is always a good start. <laughs> you know what is show up as a role model in your society in your community, and that's a good start. So right. when. So, Claire, you want to talk a little bit about uh, the flow of energy, the flow of chi, because uh, it is when we put blockages and resistance in place that we we kind of stifle that flow. And I I often compare it to uh, you know river uh, flowing down. When it comes up against the log, it doesn't stop the flow of the water. It just flows around above uh, you know under it continues flowing in the path of least resistance right yeah so energy is always about moving it's 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 always in movement it's always adapting to things and so that's why our lives is always adapting as well so you know you kind of thinking oh suddenly i'm going to move to dubai and so off you go you know and then just suddenly you you've got you know so you've got to be able to stay in that flow energy and when the energy is blocked a lot of the time that's that low kind of low level energy is when you have clutter and clutter is a big big bad <laughs> energy <laughs> killer kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not going there, Christopher. <laughs> For anybody listening to the recording, I was just on the camera here trying to hide the clutter behind my desk or behind my chair. Um, but clutter is uh, so clutter, physical clutter will stop you. It's like Milika, you were saying, you know, if having clutter around you can also stop you inside because you you know you've got no space you've got no energy moving you know you've got hundred thousands of icons on your desktop you've got phones you've got all sorts of things you know bleeping everywhere you've got filing cabinet full of clients which they haven't been with you for 10 years uh, and that, that's not good right you've got no space so when you've got clutter you have no space for the energy to move and, you know, in, in the home, you can notice because you've got mushroom growing somewhere, which starts having cobwebs and things like that, because the energy isn't going at, in that space. So really looking at decluttering the outer energy is the first thing that you need to do, because that will start shifting your inner energy, your inner clutter. And that inner clutter is, again, it's really, really powerful because you're putting yourself into or keeping yourself all those old situations that hurt you, all those old boyfriend or girlfriends or all those old argument with a family, all those things you kind of put it, keeping in yourself. And all that is clutter because it's suppressed, it's suppressed, it's suppressed. And you're not having the space in inside 
your inner energy to really release and be free and let that inner energy Jesse, you're shaking your head. So I could feel that, you know, you're feeling that as well, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's true. Um, and so, uh, and again, I'm, I'm very good at suppressing things. So I lift, <laughs> put my hand up. Um, and actually, one of the work that I, I need to do now before I move away to Dubai, because um, I want to start a new life, I want to have, you know, a, a total new experience. Uh, but I'm still blocked in some of the things that I've, I've still have here in Jersey. So I need to do that decluttering, that mental decluttering, so I can move forward and I step, really step into that new life without having all that old clutter uh, holding me back, if you see what I mean. Yeah, it is uh, clearing out that energy because if, if you clear out your external energy that also frees up the energy within yourself mm -hmm. uh, because the external matches the internal so whenever we are triggered it's because it reflects re reflects on something within us that remains unhealed right mm -hmm. so for example i really admit i am a very messy person when it comes to my office i do try to try to keep a tidy home but um and I am pretty tidy in those aspects, but I got papers all over my desk, right? And then I get into a mode where I'm like, okay, let's clear this stuff up. And I clear it, and it feels so relieving, right? It's just, <sighs> and uh, yeah, the clutter behind my chair here was a uh, hundred times worse before. I've now tidied it up, so it's actually not that bad. It's organized <laughs> clutter. Um, but it, but it is, I mean, totally. I've just done a vlog, actually, last weekend um, on my YouTube channel. Because I'm moving, I'm starting doing different different parts of the moving to, to Dubai. And last week was all about decluttering. And, oh, my gosh, I arrived in my garage. And I was physically I, I i was physically and emotionally i was really shocked and and i couldn't actually start clearing my garage because i was actually in such a panic that i left it so long to do it that i was like totally overwhelmed and you know i kind of re-watched the video now and thinking gosh did i actually publish that video <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's true and everything is about everything is emotional so if you have you know a painting that was given to you by your great grand auntie but it reminds you of something really sad and it reminds you of something that so every time you will pass it it's like you know you've got needles going to you Ooh, remember this Ooh, remember that and that's what happened in your home yeah. We walk past things that we don't like because we've been given it, you know, we've been, you know, and we don't necessarily like it, but it's there because we feel obliged to. And actually, it just sucks up all our energy every time you walk past it. So our homes and our businesses need to be a, a virtual vision boards. You know, mm -hmm. surround yourself by beautiful pictures, surround yourself by beautiful ornaments that inspires you, that makes you feel that you want to have going on that beautiful beach behind you, Jesse. That, you know, all those kind of things that really inspires you and make you feel good. Because if you don't, subconsciously, 
it'll be like that all day long and it'll attack you from you know the subconscious point of view and that's when stress anxiety all those kind of things comes up because this is you know unknown stress and really yeah yeah and i mean if you look in the business environment in this respect having uh you know, unhealthy snacks in a vending machine or sodas or like sugary drinks in general. Uh, I know a company I worked for in uh, New York, which was in the uh, uh, news media, we had uh, you know the news on, uh, right. on TV screens all over the place. So you, you fed all this uh, crisis uh, right. uh, all the time. Uh, and that's the same thing. You're feeding in this nervous, anxiety-ridden energy mm. uh, through the office uh, environment. And and people think, well, like in the waiting area, for example, you have like Time magazine or, you know, the newspapers or so, stuff like this. And it's so you, you're setting people up to be on edge and be on uh, this kind of nervous energy right totally absolutely and something that is called arrow uh, poison arrow in in feng shui and so it's actually um you know um the, the 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 angle of your desk or the angle of a um a, a piece of furniture and sometimes you don't realize but you'd be sitting in an office and you've got this angle of a desk right at you and it's called poison arrow because it's just it's actually arrowing at you. And that's that pointing energy all day long that is just sending you that point, 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 point. So it's really, really important to look, you know, around you and what have you got and, you know, using perhaps different or turning slightly your desk. So you don't, you know, you're not really totally in front of that arrows, but it's 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 it's. Yeah, it's totally called like that in Feng Shui. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Jesse. Okay. Um, so I've been working from home in the past few years, and it's been crazy. I'm a teacher. <laughs> so we clutter is part of part of our life, right? And it's a constant thing for me. I don't I just I just want to have everything so close that at the end of the day, it's just crazy. So, and uh, I wasn't prepared, of course, like many others to work from home. So I'm working from my room, which right. uh, I don't know if there's a way to do it, if mm -hmm. it's possible, or if it's better to just move somewhere else because it, it does affect me. Like even when you were talking about <laughs> about about it, I was just feeling the overwhelming thing because I know it's there is a huge connection. Every time I feel down, I start cleaning my room, my space, organizing mm -hmm. more than cleaning. It's organizing mm -hmm. and changing things because I it, it also suits me and it also helps me to just go in and think about what is really affecting me. Mm. But mm -hmm. I would like to know more about the room and work. Does it really 
work or it's not a good choice? Um, if, if, I mean, if I would suggest you get out of the bedroom, for sure. Um, if you can at all, keep your bedroom as your, it's your sanctuary. It's your time to rest. It's your time to recharge your battery. It's your time for love and it's your time for really kind of being by yourself and having that constant reminder of work. It's, you know, you're in your bedroom all day, all night long. And so if you have got, if you can look at another space in your, even the kitchen table would be a better space because you wouldn't be in the bedroom and you can actually create, it's, it's about creating a real routine about it. So, you know, when you go to work and you used to go to the school, well, you used to, you know, grab your breakfast and then you take your car and then you go and you drive and then you park and then you arrive in your classroom and then you open your computer. Well, I want you to think about it exactly the same. So I want you to really create a habit. So even if you're moving and if you're working from the kitchen table, go in and have your coffee, come out of the kitchen go into the lounge, take a, a box or bag or basket, put all your things in at in night. And then where you arrive in the morning, you've got your basket with you, you can start your day, you're opening things up, you start your day with, you know, that kind of ritual. And at nighttime, it's the same thing. Again, working from home, we work all the time, all day, all night, we never stop because it's always there. So, and so you need to have you need to create your own space and you need to really determine that timing to when you're going to stop and actually close it. So close your computer, put it into a basket or a box, put in, close everything else and really kind of make yourself very, um, very strong about it because that's the only way you're going to be able to manage to have that break between work and home. And if you got your desk in your of in your bedroom and you really can't moving anywhere anywhere else, I'd suggest you actually hide it. So put a cloth over it, unplug everything. So all your plugs needs to be coming out, all your computer, everything needs to kind of come out of the bedroom. So you kind of taking down every electronic magnetic field um eft right um because the, again the more eft you've got in your bedroom the less you're going to sleep the less you're going to be productive and all that kind of things it's the virtual circle so if you can move it i would suggest you do even if you find a, a corner in your living room that you have a space and perhaps find um a nice kind of um you know those kind of things partition partition you know something really nice that you could even make your own or you know something like really cute you can have trees and make make a partition with trees you know something that really kind of nice which will actually become your space your working space and you really can start you know feeling you will feel the energy totally different you will go to bed at night and feel totally different about it as well so have a look at your space and see if you can start shifting something, perhaps moving around, you know, your living room and see if you can actually use another space for that and, and, and see if you're going to start sleeping a lot better. And there's a super time. I mean, this week is the new moon uh, on Thursday. So we've got that new moon energy. 
We've got the Lions Gate on the 8th of August. And that, again, those two big energy between now and the 8th of August, big energy to, to declutter, to shift, to move that energy, because we're entering into a, a new new energy shift after the, the 9th or 10th of August. So it's a great time to do it. Amazing. Actually, another recommendation there, and, and it might seem a little silly, but when when you go through this uh, ritual in the morning, it's really about telling your mind and your brain, this is the focus we're moving into. Mm. Uh, so that there's this psychology behind it as well. What I recommend you do if you live in a house, for example, is walk out your front door, walk around the house, and come in the back door. Mm-hmm. And you just set the intention before you walk back in the house that I am now going into work mode. So when you walk through that uh, the door, it's like walking through a portal. Mm-hmm. So, so you you're just shifting your uh, your your intention and your attention mm-hmm. uh, towards what you're uh, looking to do. And then you do the reverse when you you're finished for the day, and you walk out the back door, come back. Oh, great to be home again. I'm now going to relax. I'm going to cook dinner, blah, blah, blah. Right? Mm-hmm. You set those intentions and you walk through the, the door. So it's bringing, flowing with the energy where you are, where you bring your attention to is where your energy flows, right? I hope that uh, aligns with the, what you were saying, uh, Claire. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. It's, it's brilliant. I mean, things like, you know, um, even opening the windows when you come down or when you go into your bedroom or when you go into, you wake up in the morning, you open up all the windows, all the doors, you change your she, you change the energy everywhere. And at nighttime, you, you're closing, you're saying goodnight to your, to your, um, to your homes, you know, you're closing your door, you're closing the window, you're closing the curtains. And then you're making that kind of morning ritual and evening ritual as well. It really will help you into, into, um, into a more peaceful uh, space, especially at night when you, when you go to bed. So when you look at a business, do you look at all the uh, different senses, exter- external senses? Do you look at smells, tastes, uh, sights, sounds, uh, feelings, so temperature and stuff like that? Yeah, so absolutely. So it's interesting. I was doing a presentation this morning for um, um, leaders, and it's one of the exercises we, we, we stopped for a couple of minutes we closed our eyes and we actually have asked them to close their eyes, take a couple of big deep breaths and then visualize that they're standing at the door of their office or their, you know, um, their home office or their corporate office. And then they open, you open the door and then suddenly what can you see? What can you hear? What can you smell? What can you taste? How does it feel? Um, because these five senses are a direct correlations with your emotional level so your right brain which is your yin energy which is your feminine energy so as soon as you're able to connect with those five senses automatically you're releasing some you know uh, well if it feels good you'll release happy hormones if it doesn't you'll be into the stress hormones (laughs) but yes the five senses are very very simple very powerful way to know does it feel good yeah, so, I mean, when you go into a supermarket, for example, you, the first thing you hit with is uh, 
uh, smell of fr fresh bread, right? Right, right, right. So I worked at Epcot Center in the French Pavilion when I was very, very young uh, in Orlando. And we used to put um, in the air conditioning uh, essential oil of bread. Mm -hmm. And so we had queues and queues and queues all day long of people queuing at the bakery to buy a baguette. And that, you know, that was very, that was one of my uh, customer experience uh, a really powerful memory of Disney World because it was all about that connections and how do you connect with your customers. So uh, I even created my own perfume because, you know, when you have your own perfume, it's your brand, it's how, you know, represents you. So you've got so many companies now using sensorial experiences. You know, you walk into a Hilton hotel and it smells Hilton Hotel, you walk into Mercedes and, you know, it smells Mercedes. And so, you know, it really kind of connect and olfactic emotions, olfactic uh, sense is the fastest, you know, it's the fastest that you can do uh, straight away. It, it just automatically goes through your body and automatically connects. So, you know, straight away. So, yes, having essential oils is really good. You know, uh, diffusing essential oil is, is fabulous. If you're feeling a bit low, you can do something like tangerine or a bit of lemon, you know, to bright up your day. If you feel, you know, that you're really tired, you know, a bit of lavender, it's really nice kind of a smell that just do. And again, it's just natural. So you're diffusing them and then, you know, they just subconsciously they work with you and so when you're in a work environment of course we are going to have say you're in an open office landscape um how do you kind of maneuver through people's tastes and dislikes and likes and so forth in terms of these uh, things do you kind of try to bring it to kind of the basics or how do you do that yeah, I think, well, when, you, when you've got a retail space, for example, and you've got your own brand, it's, it's, it's just, you know, that's what, that's what it is. And that's what recognizes the experience that you, you're having. If it's a corporate environment, it may become a little bit more complicated if you've got 200 people in one floor um, and you've got to be careful, you know, of different people, sensitivity. So keeping it as, as pure as possible. But it's it's very simple for somebody to have maybe not diffusers, but you know the sticks with you know when you put you know the um, yeah. the little and, and you the, can just see the wooden sticks and and, uh, and it's or, just yeah. around you. It's on your desk. It's next to you. It doesn't you know cause any anything to anywhere else and anybody else. And it's very simple. Or you just you know use a little bit of essential oil and just put it in your wrist. And actually, as soon as you put it on your wrist, it's it's just, just magic. You really kind of straight away, just you feel the difference between one and the other. Just be careful with the essential oils if you have skin sensitivities to it. So if you're put, putting a pure essential oil, then yeah. uh, use the a, right one. Yeah. Uh, use the right one. I won't mention any name, but there are some good ones and there are some less good ones. Yeah. <laughs> Better quality ones and le lesser quality ones. Right. <laughs> so when we, because it's, you know, uh, when I work with businesses and uh, I very much work with the energetic flow, that's kind of what I do with businesses. I go in and identify 
the uh, flow through the business, but I work on, across all aspects of the business, you know, supply lines, uh, operational systems, and so forth, because it all affects the same way the interiors do, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so one thing I'm thinking of is, you know, having healthy alternatives in the uh, lunchroom or, you know, uh, nice herbal teas or quality teas or quality coffees or coffee alternatives uh, to help people make uh, healthy choices, right? Mm -mm. Uh, and yeah, it might cost a little bit more, but people are going to be much more productive because they are going to connect with it and they're going to feel valued because you are uh, you're, you're kind of expending this luxury on them a bit, right? Rather than just buying PG tips and put it on the counter and here you go kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think it's a more holistic approach to, to well-being when you're getting to an organization's point of view. Um, I mean, we were talking about well-being, I think, past pre-pandemic, uh, being Fruity Friday was well-being and, uh, and our yoga was well-being. And I think with the pandemic, it's really kind of shifts. I hope it has shifted a lot of organization to realize that it's not just about Fruity Friday that is making your organization really care about your employees. So having that more holistic approach and looking at all the areas, you know, from the canteen to the, the vending machine, to the, the the air that they, they they're breathing, um, to the the layout of the room, and you know how they are actually interconnecting. They've done a lot of work in terms of design now that there's no so many people in the offices. They've redesigned the spaces with a lot of hot desks, um, and that's kind of that's another way you know to gain space, but you're kind of losing that personal space. So people already been asked to work hybrid. Now they're coming back. They haven't got a desk. They've got to do a hot desk. So you really need to be careful when you're redesigning things like that. So you're really creating a space when somebody is going to come for uh, a few hours or a day or so that they don't feel like they, you know, they don't matter. Oh, just sit in and you, that'll do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's really fulfilling the very basic level of Maslow's uh, uh, hierarchy exactly. of needs, right? You, you, <laughs> exactly. You, you don't want to walk into the office and feel, do I have a safe space? You don't want to have that question. Exactly. You don't want to ask yourself that question. That's something you want to take for granted. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you're going to start off in a very uh, uh, kind of poor energy uh, uh, flow of the day, right? So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I think, but there are, I think that fluidity at the same time does allow for energy to flow in a very uh, beautiful way as well. If people can uh, adapt to it and work within that, uh, if you can move into different groups and you can collaborate with different people uh, because you're not always stuck in the same space. I mean, that's why in the olden days we had water coolers in the uh, corridors because that was a way for people to uh, come together and talk across uh, groups and divisions and so forth. And that's oftentimes how innovation happened. Because mm -hmm. when you're stuck in, and this is, again, it's the flow of energy. If you, if you just have the flow of energy within your group, yeah, you might have very good flow in your group, but 
the group next door doesn't, <laughs> right? So then, and you that, wonder why perform and the other doesn't perform. <laughs> exactly. So then right. they become a blockage for the organization as a whole, right? Mm -mm -mm. So just having this flow of people then creates more of the flow of that energy as well. So if you design it right, I think it's quite possible to uh, uh, to use that energy to your advantage. But again, of course, there needs to be this idea that you know there's a the safety is there. There's a safe space for you to that you can operate within without mm -hmm. uh, being like, oh, am I going to be able to sit today? <laughs> Yeah, and you know, so we were, Christopher, I just just I want to come back on, on decluttering. We were talking about surrounding yourself with the right peoples. And, and also sometimes, and I know I'm going to get very controversial, but not all clients are good clients. No. And not all employees are good employees neither. And no. so decluttering sometimes your customers and decluttering sometimes your employees. <laughs> so with suppliers, right? It's you know yes or investors right so, so yeah no you're absolutely right there uh from my perspective in a way uh mm -hmm. i i agree with you there might be people that don't but uh <laughs> that, that's their uh their their journey um but i think oftentimes when when we come into businesses uh we we go in and we we help them change things the challenge is, and it's like when you start working on yourself, like we were talking with uh, Melissa about before, when you're trying to break out of the mold that is the traditional way of doing things, so now we're we're kind of putting positive news in the uh, in, on the uh, uh, waiting room table, and we're putting uh, uh, you know yoga magazine, whatever it is, and we're kind of different colors in the uh, in the office and we're moving things around to create a better flow we have better choices in the lunchroom we uh, we might have some uh, soothing music or background uh, noise in the office to uh, improve attention and we we're changing the organizational structure we're changing mm -hmm. the purpose of the business right mm -hmm. the purpose is perhaps no longer just to make money it's now looking at people planet and profits right mm -hmm. so you're changing all of these things now the people in the business in the organization they are not going to resonate with that energy any longer mm. and they're going to separate themselves by their own volition mm. and that oftentimes and this is the 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 <laughs> the, the journey that you make that is going to be the struggle right and for the business is going to be like, oh my God, we're losing all these people. We have all this work to do. Oh my God, how are we going to? And it's just trusting the process, trusting, having patience for, because now when you release that energy, now you've opened up space to attract new energy that is resonating with you, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's the same when you're decluttering your filing cabinet with all the old clients. You can, you've got the space for new clients, you know. So, you know, it's uh, it's 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 always, you know, um, uh, it's uh, energy in motion, emotion, energy in motion. You know, if you put that energy in motion, then you start seeing the shift. Absolutely, and mm. it's it is having acceptance for that 
transition or that process to happen mm. because again if you change from just being profit focused or return on investment for the shareholders and now you're going and saying well no actually we're going to focus on people planet and profit mm-hmm. you're going to have investors that are going to run screaming mm-hmm. right and that can be really scary they mm-hmm. cost a lot of money and all of that but on in the long term it's going to create more sustainability because the investors you're going to attract are going to resonate with what you're trying to do mm-hmm. they are going to be more loyal to your purpose than to your bottom line mm-hmm. yeah uh, and it's just that getting through that transition can be so challenging uh, but if we train companies correctly and we help them to have that level of acceptance and patience for that process then they'll be like oh yeah we can take it easy you know mm-hmm. we can get through that and i i think the companies are very quick to you know hire and fire people rather than say you know the people we have now they're wonderful we want to work with these people you know can we all take a pay cut you know mm-hmm. rather than firing five people to get rid of some uh, cost centers right say okay well let's just everybody take a pay cut you know directors you take 30% everybody else 15% mm. right now we've saved a lot of money Mm-mm-mm. or you go into uh departments that are not core to the business like marketing and hr and say okay what what part can we uh, outsource and bring people in for uh, projects instead and focus on the core mm-hmm. business i've seen so many times where they go in and they it's like businesses like to cut their nose despite their face you know uh, so they go in and they cut sales people in a sales organization it's like no <laughs> that's not what you want to do because they're the ones that actually you know if you are a selling organization that's where your core is and they know your business you want to keep the good ones at least you know but change the flow of the energy so you you uh the ones that are not good and don't resonate they're going to leave on their own mm. and you mm. keep the good ones that resonate with the purpose yeah or even you know something that they cut as well which is very often um you cut the training mm-hmm. of course it's a cost training right but you know if you got your salesperson who don't know what how to sell it's never going to sell anything you know, <laughs> you know if you got your your employees who don't know how to Deal with customers well they're never going to come back those customers right mm. and so the training is a big part for me it's a, my big pet hate is you know you see the organization spending thousands of dollars on advertising and tvs and billboard and all the kind of you know billions of marketing stuff and then they don't spend any money on training <laughs> no but i think we'll you know we kind of go off a of- I'm going to go a bit off the topic here, but it does have with the flow to do so. Um, but oftentimes, I think we, we we set up our organizations wrong to begin with, where we take the best, uh, take the sales organization again, for example. So we take our best salespeople and we pro- promote them to managers. Now, you've just taken taking revenue out of your own organization and put someone who's not necessarily going to be the best manager 
and they're now going to be focused on enacting all the orders coming from above rather than putting your sales best salespeople perhaps in a more of a, a supervisory leadership role where they then help to train and coach and then kind of the manager is someone who deals with data analysis and kind of supporting the organization with uh, uh, kind of more of the structural aspects of the business as opposed to putting a, uh, the, your best people, best performing people into managerial position and removing them from their old job, which they can hopefully enjoy it, right? So now you're <laughs> putting the wrong person in the wrong, right place, right? So I think that uh, training should be something that is continuous. And because when we are in flow, and there's a wonderful author who actually uh, started the whole idea of the uh, flow. Uh, his name is Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, uh, Hungarian psychiatrist who uh, lived in America. Um, and don't ask me to spell it because I can't. <laughs> uh, just type it in phonetically and hopefully you'll find it. If you type in flow or father of flow or founder of flow, you'll find it. Uh, but we, we, in order to be in that flow, we need to also uh, challenge ourselves. But it's, it's a kind of a, a fluctuation between challenge and mastery. So we, we become masters of something and then we need to challenge ourselves again. Otherwise, we become stagnant and complacent and so forth. But it's mm -hmm. that constant flow. And that, you know, when we look at a business, for example, it, the business is, or we are uh, fractals of the business. Mm -hmm. We all make up the business, whatever company you work for. If you work for yourself, then you are the business. If you take you out of the equation, the business ceases to exist, right? So it's the people are the flow of the business. And if people are not happy or they're kind of there just to for a paycheck and they don't like the environment they're working in, they are then going to become blockages themselves. Mm -hmm. so, so how do you work with the employees in the area? Because, um, of, of course, when you make the changes to the interiors and the design and so forth and the colors and <clears throat> how people walk through an office and so forth there is change to the flow but if someone constantly brings in negative uh, negativity or <clears throat> bring in uh, someone's uh, office gossip or something like this how do you work with that in terms of the energy flow yeah, I mean, that's, again, that's, there's a lot, it's my, what my issue is about, it really is about, you know, looking at the environment, looking at the state of being and looking at the outcome of it. And that's, you know, we're really coming back to um, open communication, conversation, being able to feedback, being able to understand, listen, uh, an employee wants to be, a customer wants to be personalized, it doesn't want to be a number so does the employees you know the employees the internal and external customers have exactly the same needs they want to feel valued whatever it is and so if that person doesn't feel valued 
you know, that opening the conversation or and asking him the que- or her the questions. Um, they may not be performing because they don't understand the job. They may not be performing because they don't understand what's going on. They may not be performing because this, the job isn't for them. So, you know, as a first in terms of recruitment, you should have profiling. I, I'm really, I'm a big fan of profiling because that's, you know, when you don't know a person to be able to really put them into a group and make them all work together, you know, understanding the profile of each of them will really help the team understanding each other. And, you know, those kind of exercises are really, really powerful to get the team to work together. Um, and, and of course, everything that you do as a business, or as even if you're a sole trader, if you've got your own business, it's having your values and your values will drive throughout your business and whatever you do, come back to the values. You see often values on the wall and you know they've been designed it's a big marketing tool but it's actually you know when you do the recruitment they don't ask you what their values are what your values are and that's kind of totally out you know if you're not aligning the values of your own against you know the business that person is never going to drive and that person is never going to be feeling that they're part of it so there's some very simple questions from that from recruitment part of it should be should be able to pick up whether that person is in the right place or is going to be in the right place or not. Um, and if they don't, then, you know, again, it's about being able to offer alternative. Like a customer's, if you don't have a red dress, what alternative can you give them so they leave happy? <laughs> you know, and that's the same with the employees. You know, if it doesn't work out, you don't want that person to feel that no one cares. You know, there's a figure that I use 88% of American goes to work every morning and go to uh, an organization that they feel don't care about them. I mean, that's almost eight, almost nine out of 10 people actually go to work for somebody they don't think care for them. And that's not good. And that's why we've got the great resignation. I mean, we, we're totally going a little bit out of flow on that one. But you know, because people have realized that actually life's too short or, you know, I want to be doing something that matters. I want to leave a legacy. I want to do something that with an organization who actually cares. A lot of people say, well, no, actually, if that's not how you drive your business, I don't want to be part of it. Um, and so to 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 keep nurturing skills and people and talent into your business, you really need to revisit how your culture is and how you're creating that energy and that flow within so people would want to stay. And, and it's, it's, it's that care, you know, and it's really kind of bringing a lot of care into, into what we do. If that makes sense, I'm sorry, I've gone a little bit off. No, no, no. I, it's all it's all interconnected. So you know, uh, and that's why it's so interesting that you know, last week we were talking with uh, uh, Joe Sechon about uh, the emotional connection with a company, right? How to emotionally connect with the business, mm. um, and that is, of course, what we talk- you talked about just now as well. To you know, how do you uh, make someone feel valued and so forth? That's mm-hmm. all part of the same process, but we, we all come at it from different perspectives and mm-hmm. 
we all kind of fill our little role in the <laughs> the whole process of helping businesses mm-hmm. uh, transform into or shift into this new paradigm. Uh, as you were saying, the, the people are seeking to come into balance. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of being workers or what have you been out of balance for so long that now this pandemic has offered up the opportunity for people to realize, oh, I can actually have balance. Mm. So, and, and... And that's the yin and the yang. Exactly. We come in a whole circle from right the beginning of our conversation. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is really about finding that balance between, uh, you know, feeling fulfilled at work, but... When you are at work, you want to feel inspired. You want to feel uh, good. You f- you want to have that uh, energy. You want to feel energized, right? Mm-hmm. So when you go walk into a gray, dull office cube, you don't feel inspired, <laughs> right? It, it's nothing there to you know ignite your uh, your energy, right? Yeah. So uh, this is where the bistray concept really comes into play where you create an environment where people feel energized they feel inspired because that's where innovation is going to happen and i i have right there on my website make sure you disrupt yourself regularly before <laughs> someone else does it for you yeah that's really right good. so you want yeah. to continue to disrupt yourself otherwise someone else is going to come and do it for you and it's the same thing for us as individuals. And that's when we work with individuals or employees, you know, ask them, how do you show up in the office? How do you show up uh, with your clients? How do you show up with uh, in customer service and so forth? Mm-mm-mm. Are you bringing your challenges from home with you? And this is why it's so important that leaders, supervisors, managers, have edu- uh, they're trained in mental first aid mm. so that they can come in and say you know instead of saying oh you haven't been performing for the last two weeks i give you another two weeks and uh, otherwise you're out the door mm-hmm. rather than doing that come in and say how are you feeling mm. what's happening I, something is happening here can we talk about this right so take a different approach you become the coach and you um uh, Nicholas Jani, who's uh, going to be on this podcast in a few weeks, uh, wrote a book, uh, Lead as the Healer. Okay. Um, and it's really about leadership in the new, uh, in, in this new paradigm that we're talking about. And, and it is, you know, as a leader, you have to be that role model that we talked about before. You have to seek to be the optimal version of yourself so that you can identify with your employees, you can be compassionate towards your employees and have empathy for their experiences, right? Mm -hmm. So we need, as leaders, we have to be in a process where we are looking at ourselves and being self-reflective and moving through that process, right? Mm -hmm. Because otherwise we become part of the problem because we can't connect empathetically with the people that we're working with and if we can't do that, then we can't help them move forward either. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, those are soft skills. It's a word I really kind of, <laughs> it's another pet hate of mine. Really, they're essential skills. You know, teaching young children nowadays to be emotionally intelligent, teaching about resilience, teaching about mindfulness, teaching about, you know, listening. <coughs> you know, those kind of things are just things that we need in our they're not soft they're centrals for any human being to live a, a, a happy life absolutely and i think they should be part of any organization uh, mm-hmm. you know how can we help our employees to become the optimal version of themselves and work through a lot of that you know the garbage that we come in with from our childhoods and so forth um, totally so i Definitely think that's uh, something to reflect on for businesses. So, Claire, how are people? Uh, how can people get in touch with you? Um, well, anywhere, Google me, <laughs> Claire Bosk. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I love social media. I love the interaction with people on social media. So I'm pretty much everywhere on social media. And then ClaireBosk.com is my website. And that's um, B O S C Q. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and and you know I love to connect. You know if you've got any questions. Oh, somebody's got a question actually there, Christopher. Yes, go ahead, Susanna. I must say this is a very nice talk, very, very enriching, and I'm really enjoying it. It's amazing to have like new approach in every aspect of our lives, also in businesses. It's very, refre- very refreshing. Uh, how, uh, but my question is a little bit more about the physical environment still. I've uh, just like started uh, studying Feng Shui because I've always been drawn to the energy inside of the buildings. Uh, but I also am a very uh, like logical and pragmatic person. So I wanted to ask you uh, if you want to tell us uh, whether there are also some uh proofs because like many people are intuitive and can feel the energy but many people talking for example about my boyfriend aren't and he does not feel any difference where the place is totally messy or has been scraped for four hours and uh so i wanted to ask you whether there is also some proof maybe with our um methods that uh, shows us that uh like nice uh, environments uh, actually have a good effect on people. For example, I've uh, heard that uh, a place, like a room that's uh, set up nicely, uh, according to Feng Shui, for example, uh, puts our brain waves into alpha, uh, like our brain into alpha, which is like the relaxed mm-hmm. uh, frequency. So this is what I know about. So this is my question, a little bit more pragmatic and uh, second part of the question is whether there are some places that actually conduct these experiments, uh, kind of try to analy- analyze this deeper, because I would like to maybe contact a place like this as well. <laughs> I, think, I think you just described your purpose, Susanna. <laughs> I I don't know. I feel crazy because I studied something completely different, but uh, this is really like a wonderful experience for me because it just popped in on my 
uh, phone that, oh, there is a conversation. Oh, actually, I have time, which never happens. I joined and it's about this. And so, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go, go ahead and answer the question, Claire. <laughs> there are many organizations who've, uh, who've published um, work on Feng Shui. Body Shop is a, is a big one. Uh, where they've done um, Body Shop, you know, it's a UK organization and they've got uh, shops where they sell cream and soap and things like that. And they got a master, Feng Shui master to come in and Feng Shui the, the office. And then they took it on and actually they've, 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 the, not the office, the retail space. And then they've gone through the whole total rebrand of the whole group following some of those uh, principles. Uh, you've got some hotels which are very big in Japan. If you Google Japan Feng Shui Hotel, you will find quite a few who are coming up. Um, you've got people like British Airways, Nike. You've got some of those large organizations who have used Feng Shui Masters in several areas of their businesses, and they've released um, case studies about it. So, yeah, do a bit of research on Google. You'll find quite a few uh, quite a few things. Uh, do, you know if there, do you know if there are any actual scientific studies that have been done uh, to measure, uh, like Susanna was saying, uh, the brain activity uh, in a room that is uh, poor feng shui vis-a-vis -a -vis, uh, good feng shui? Um, I don't know if there, there's been any... I don't know. I don't know any of any, but it's very, very possible that there has been. Um, I haven't quite. Um, I think, I think that needs to be done, doesn't it? Well, <laughs> is it? I mean, you know, <laughs> Susanna, <laughs> you know that it works. You know that you feel good in it. If he doesn't feel good in it, it's his problem. Mm. And and at the end of the day, that's that's what feng shui is about. It's about as long as you feel good in our environment. If it doesn't, change it. And now, no matter what a feng shui practitioner say, oh, you should have your this facing that way, or you know, if it doesn't feel good for you, it's about aligning your own energy with your energy space, with your environment space. Love and that. so, when I go through, uh, you know, work, we do a, a session. We'll leave it for two weeks, and then we'll go back to it. And then how did that go? How would that work? How did you feel when you were sitting here? Uh, would you, you know, and all that kind of comes up after a couple of weeks and then we change again, you know, and it doesn't mean that you have to, you do, you do Feng Shui and then that's it. No, Feng Shui, it's, a, it's she, it's energy, it's forever changing. So every time it doesn't feel right, change it. I love that because oftentimes you come across uh, practitioners that are very formulaic and it's all within the the boundaries and the structure of the practice, mm -hmm. right? And so I love the fact that you you work from the the experience of the client and how they uh, perceive and experience it because you know we are all unique in that and all businesses are going to be unique in in the way that they're put together and therefore it's going to change over time as well right so just because Absolutely. you set up something one way one year two years later it's going to perhaps need to change again because now it's a different constellation right 
Yeah, and, and again, so we all have those five elements of nature. So every single one of us have got an element, you know, uh, bigger. So it's another kind of exercise that I would do with a consult. When you start a consult, it's understanding what element is your main element. So let's say I'm fire, right? Well, I'm a fire energy. You know, I do need to kind of have a bit of water around me to kind of calm me down a bit from time to time. You That's know? why you live but... on an island. <laughs> um to have grounding things so you know as when we start understanding what your natural uh, element is then your environment can be utilized with that and of course your environment your element Susanna is probably totally different from your boyfriend and that's what's happening you know is totally different so however you change it and that's why it's so difficult living with somebody, right? Because you know your your energies are different, and you know your you know your feelings are different, and so it's it's really kind of trying to create that energy that both energy will start connecting with each other. Yeah, and can I thank you very much for answering? And what caught my attention is that um, every single person is a certain element. And I haven't stumbled across this in Feng Shui yet. I only know about these Kua numbers. So how do we know that? Is it like always uh, connected with a specific uh, Kua number? Yes. So you need to, um, well, so if you want, sorry, can I put a plug for my book? Go right ahead. <laughs> so, thank, you, thank you for asking. <laughs> So um, if you download my book on Amazon, Bishiri, Nine Keys to Feng Shui, Your Business for Success, I talk about this. So the five elements are everywhere. You find five elements in food. You find element in how you dress, you know, the five elements in, in your own personality. And so we talk a lot about that. Uh, so how you matching your own energy with your personality. Um, but if you Google it as well, five elements personality you will find a lot of things on 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 um on 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 the, on, the, on google <laughs> i'm sure there are questionnaires that you can take and you can find out what elements you are right exactly yeah exactly so um yes so the five elements we can they, they're worth repeating so it's water wood fire earth and metal in that order Yes. So another, you know, the uh, I would do an exercise with where we define your your elements and then we define your nine star key. So we are all in nine, nine year cycle. So I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> adding more to, to what we talked about. But that nine year circle. So depending on the year that you are, you are moving towards, you know, your birth is your year one. And then every nine years you start renewing. I'm actually on my year nine now. And that's what's, you know, it's the ultimate year where everything is kind of flourishing. Everything's accomplishment from the previous eight years. Um, and, and, and this feeling, and that's why I wanted to move now before my first year, my year one, where it's the beginning again, you're starting again, your new cycle into your new life. And, you know, so it's a, it's a big year. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. It's interesting. The nine star key, it's another one that you can look at uh, into Susanna. And I talk about it in my book. Interesting. So the, uh, every nine year or the, every ninth year you mm -hmm. go through a uh, shift or transition as it were. 
Yeah, so, you know, year one, year two, year three. And it's amazing when you start looking at it as well, because you go back in the past and you actually think, oh, my gosh, yeah, year three, that's what happened. And you you relate the events on the different years. When I first done it, it was incredible from... So for me, my next, next cycle is going to come to an end in when I'm 54. That's in four years. So it depends on when you're born. Um, what months and what year? Oh, okay. And okay. you know, so you calculate it with a year and a month because remember, Chinese New Year starts in kind of the first new moon, which is usually end of January, February. So it kind of depends on oh, okay, okay. the year, you know, your year and the, and your um. So nine star key would calculate that, and then you know what your year and what your element is. Okay, so nine star key. Mm. Okay, so we'll uh, I'll put that in the uh, in the uh, description of the show or the episode. Mm. Uh, put some hopefully put some link in there. Perhaps. Uh, yeah, I, I talked about it in the book as well, so I've yeah. actually described every uh, the nine years, but it's easier if we calculate it through one of the calculators. Mm. Yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll also put a link, of course, to your book uh, there, Claire. So. Thank you. <laughs> but, um, anybody else have any questions, comments? Yes, I think Tatiana was left, left her, uh, was share, showing her hand earlier. Yeah, thank you for this conversation. It was amazing. I have a question. I'm moving from my office to a closet just to find my safety space at work. So this is literally a closet. Wow. Um, <laughs> I just have my little candle at this point. Am I, any advice? Oh my gosh. <laughs> break a wall, break a wall. <laughs> okay, Tatiana, very, very simple thing that you two, one thing really that you would need to do is actually buy a poster of a window and of you know beautiful window with something outside whether it's a, a water falling whether it's a sunset something that or maybe sunrise will be better there than sunset but find a big poster window and post it put a couple of maybe in your wall so maybe you could have one wall with a window and then another wall with something green something natural some fake plants growing on top because your natural plant won't grow in in in, in that cupboard hole but you can buy you know you can get those little plants that you can add you know you can just put them on your walls as if they were growing on your wall and that's going to kind of start you know giving you a little bit of natural feeling to it so yeah definitely you need to have get yourself a couple of paintings and get yourself and another things on so walls, um, you see, I've got my birds behind me. They're sticker birds, so um, you can just get a couple of things like that, which will enhance that feeling of natural feel into your into into the the the, um, the cupboard hole. Thank I, think, you. <laughs> I think also anything that uh, signifies freedom. Because when you're in an enclosed space like that, it, mm. it oftentimes uh, kind of constricts your sense of freedom. Um, so just to allow that flow yeah. of, uh, and that, you know, like Claire's saying, you know, having that 
poster with the window to the outside that allows your energy to flow out and uh, flow through rather. And birds have that uh, feeling too of freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. Or move to another office. <laughs> that's a different conversation. I know yeah, it's a that. different conversation. But remember the five elements. So find some of the five elements and add it to your space. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm -mm. I love it when we can, you know, in these conversations, we can uh, help people right, right on the spot. I love that. And uh, you, you're such a natural person to do that, Clara. And, uh, appreciate <laughs> that you've uh, been able to bring your wonderful energy and your uh, 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 your your wisdom in this uh, this field to us today. I appreciate that. So, yeah, I think we've I think we've covered quite a lot, but I think it just comes back to what we said. If it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right. Change it. You know, and that's that's your guts feeling will tell you whether it's a job, whether it's a person, whether it's your space. If it doesn't feel right, change it. And as we uh, said in the beginning here, if uh, you hear something from three different places, then uh, pay attention. <laughs> okay. Look in the head. <laughs> uh, I, I, that was one of the things I was told very early in my journey that, you know, if you hear... Th something from three different places in a short period of time, pay attention. <laughs> Universe is talking to you. So something is uh, poking you or kicking you in the butt, as it were. So I want to wish you a wonderful uh, move and trip to Dubai. Uh, it's going to be fantastic, and uh, I'm jealous that they are going to get to enjoy your uh, wisdom and your energy down there, but I will uh, come down and uh, yeah, visit you, you down there. Yeah, you can come and see uh, Joe and myself. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you're coming up to London, then uh, let me know. I'll be uh, very happy. <laughs> or if you come to Oxford, that'd be easier. But <laughs> <laughs> it's not always that people will go to Oxford. So I know that. I'm pretty <laughs> aware of that. But uh, beautiful to have you here, Claire. And uh, it's Thank wonderful so I've to gotten to know you better and uh, your work. So this shui, everybody, remember it because you will see it again. Yes. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today and bringing your beautiful energies as always. Look forward to uh, seeing you all next week. In the meantime, take care and have a good one. Like most of these uh, concepts, methodologies, theories, philosophies, and so forth, they are experiential and you can intellectualize them all you want, but uh, in order to really understand them and apply them, you need to experience them. So perhaps uh, go out and find yourself a Feng Shui consultant, bring them uh, to your home and see what you can do in your home and see if you feel any different. I, for one, am certainly going to start looking more around myself and see how I can declutter and perhaps release old energies and Absolutely. I mean, looking at artwork and stuff you have around you that send out certain energetic signals that communicate with your subconscious, that's pure psychology to me, anyway. It's very much the same way as being fed news throughout the day that is going to get into your subconscious and affect your uh, attitude to life. So if you're having negative signals, 
being fed into you all the time, then of course you are going to have a more uh, defeatist or negative uh, point of view of the world. If you'd like to connect with Claire, you can reach her at on her website, Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E, Bosk, B-O-S-C-Q, dot com. And uh, through there, of course, search it up on the internet, you'll find all her social media and so forth. And if you'd like to connect with me and my coaching, mentoring, consulting workshop then for by all means contact me through my website thealchemyexperience.co.uk and uh, we'll take the conversation from there but for now i will uh, wish you a wonderful week ahead until we meet next time next friday 11 11 a.m british time in the meantime take care and enjoy <laughs>